getting into the Seagull by Anton Chekhov. All right, say that again. No. All right, I'm recording now. Let's get into <laughs> the Seagull by Anton Chekhov. Yep, yep, yep. This is my. This is definitely my. Uh, don't selection. say. Don't say it's your favorite. <laughs> I haven't read the other ones yet. Oh no! This is my selection. Um, oh okay. I meant Chekhov. Oh okay. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what, what, what what's my favorite. I, I like this a lot. Um, yeah, I like to read Russian literature when it gets cold, um, which is usually about December. I know it's not literally December yet. Um, but yeah, something about the, the, just the vibe of everything getting cold, even in, in LA. Um, it, I mean, it gets relatively cold. Because Russia um, is cold. Because Russia is cold, that's how stupid my brain is. <laughs> okay. um, that's exactly just uh, why I do that. Um, and yeah, before we jump in, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about translations. Who was, who was, who was, who was your translation? All right, so I don't know how to pronounce the name, but I really like the person because I read the introduction by them. Uh, Paul Schmidt. No, uh, it's Ellis Saveta Finn. Okay. Which is a pseudonym for a longer name. Born in Western okay. Russia. So this person was Russian. Okay. And your person was a man? I don't know how I feel. Uh, yeah, so Paul Schmidt, um, who is an actor and playwright and Russia scholar, uh, Russian scholar. So yeah, that's... Um, I, yeah, I, I, I can't recommend the Paul Schmidt uh, translation enough. I like it a lot. And um, hmm. what yeah, is the? I, I that, how would I? How would you go about finding it? Is that easy to find? You think by searching? I wonder. Um, I think I just got mine on Amazon. Just, yeah, I would. I would look up like Paul Schmidt Chekhov, mm-hmm. the translator first. It's like a like a dark brown gray cover. Um, okay, because I would be very hard, interested so in like seeing the difference. Yeah, I would like. I, I, my bias is towards, um, especially when we're talking about the theater, and 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 Chekhov, whose language is a little bit, occasionally deliberately banal. <laughs> um, uh, there are like poetic interludes, but those are usually like uh, mm. ironic almost. That's a good way of saying it. Sexual characters, right? Um, So yeah, even even the 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 rare flourishes, you know, there aren't like a lot of anthology speeches. It's purposefully, it's purposefully not floored, and the activity purposefully commonplace is yeah. The activity is commonplace, and the words are mostly. So the 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 like banalities, the commonplaces, those change so much and are you know specific to america versus england or versus western russia or whatever um so especially when it comes to Chekhov, my bias is towards like an american translator which is uh yeah it's one place i'll be like nationalistic i'll say like uh american english um yeah that's the only way to really capture the yeah, the, the, the Chekhovian feel of, of, of yeah, just his uh, yeah, the Amer- yeah, as opposed to, like, Elizabeth Bowen translating. Uh, yeah, as, a, as, a, as opposed to, like, I mean, there were translations in the 1920s and 30s. I mean, Virginia Woolf talks about reading Chekhov. Um, so, yeah, there were, like, English translations from, like, the 19, from, well, basically, as, you know, as, as he was writing in Russia. Um, but, yeah, those, I would not, I would, I would, go against I would, I would i would avoid anything before like 1980 or something um just because and, and i would definitely avoid anything english anything british uh because yeah it's just british terminology is different so this is definitely now, as, a, as, a, as a published translator of works of short stories i was gonna say this could be a problem because <laughs> i think my lady is british and she definitely translated mm. it in the 50s. So, oh, okay. <laughs> this could be interesting. I guess I should have said all of that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't pay attention. I just bought the first book I saw. So, um, 
That will be fun to see the differences in quotes. Well, obviously, we'll notice the differences in specific quotes, which will be yeah. nice to uh, compare. Yeah. We can compare. Um, how much do you know about Chekhov coming in? Yeah, let's do the old David Baker. Uh, oh. You know, what, what, what's your cultural condensation that, around Chekhov? <laughs> that name always makes me smile. Uh, I read the introduction. Yeah. I read the introduction, and so I have okay. a much more deep appreciation for what he was and what context and what his profession that was and everything true. than before. So maybe that's not oh, fair. Because yeah. well, like he said his profession or his... He said something like his lawfully wedded wife was yeah, medicine was, and yeah. literature was his mistress, something like that. Well, and I will say, though, to answer your question as you meant it, to me, he was an, impo- Before, yeah. Yeah, an imposing name, like a very um, – impo- what's the word I'm looking for? Not imposing, but uh, daunting – Venerable. Venerable, yeah. daunting name to read, which was not my experience reading at all. I, as you said no. very aptly um, – very commonplace action and words, and I'm uh, on purpose, as I read in the introduction. Yeah. But uh, definitely an interesting uh, chaser to Faulkner, who uh, mm. <laughs> who does not write the simplest of sentences on purpose, I guess. No. <laughs> uh, that, so that was a very jarring difference. No, that's a, a architecture built by rhetoric. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah the, the rhetoric of Chekhov, I don't even know if it like, uh, qualifies as rhetoric. One thing in um, the... And then, sorry, I was going to say yeah. one more thing about my impression culturally uh, before I knew yeah, yeah, much yeah. about him was that turned out to be accurate, it seems like, is he seemed very... Um, uh, 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 what am I looking for? Like, morally upright. Kind of like a very strict... Um, I don't mean I don't mean like a uh, provincial point of view about life. I mean, sort of a very uh, principled approach was my impression of the person, which it seemed like in the introduction he came off as a very uh, self-disciplined person with a particular um, point of view about how to live life and be human. Um, that was yeah. that that he thought about a lot. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, there's that um, didn't come from I just being a kid and being told. To, the, the the thing I think of when I think of Chekhov's writing, uh, one of yeah, there's a lot uh, because his little little novelettes are also pretty great. His little short stories, um, but there's a kind of. I think this is related. There's a kind of cruelty to Chekhov. Um, some of his decisions. Uh, he's definitely not uh, one to shy away from, say, a character killing himself at the end of, the, of or yeah, just just uh, there's there's a lot of you know uh, Boris with his name Trigorin. Um, yeah, he he definitely isn't one to 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 shy away from from. Like darker turns of plot, of characters, or yeah, dark darker events, um, and so yeah, the, the, I, I think that has to do, or that, that's related to kind of like an unwavering uh, sensibility that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's this like, uh, and then and then this this relates to, to to one of the big things about about Chekhov. Um, but yeah, there's 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 one of the Stories called The Bride, which is one of his mature stories, which I highly recommend. Maybe we could read that at the end of this, after we read the, the, the dramas. Okay. Um, but this, this woman just, like, like has a whole life set out for her, and she just, like, throws it away. <laughs> it is, it's just, like, so desolate. So, um, yeah, they're, 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 again, unwavering, kind of not shying away from, from any implications of things characters would do. Um, uh, there's, there's another story called the, the lady with the do- with the small dog or toy dog, as it depends on how, how, how you translate it. Um, where, yeah, there's like this Don Juan who accidentally falls in love with one of the people he, uh, has an affair with. And it's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, just surprising where, where, where things, where, where, where he goes, surprising what details he, fixates on 
um, surprising what little things like pop out of the stories. Um, but but, but uh, he yeah, Chekhov has has a kind of naturalism to him that I this kind of goes back to my distinction between naturalism and realism. Um, there's something that, that James Woods would call realistic about Chekhov, which I would call naturalism. Not that it matters. Um, but like, like his characters, uh, they, they may or may not be, 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 be you know, re- realistic. We, we keep saying that, you know, commonplace and, and, and banal, um, kind of quotidian. So, so maybe they, they would be realistic, but more, more importantly, it's kind of like, yeah, they're, 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 they're naturalistic little, little, uh, properties <clears throat> just set up, set in motion, mm-hmm. uh, to see where, the, wherever they go. Um, and yeah, one of the one of the things that surprises people, kind of like uh, about Kafka, Kafka used to read his stories and to to make his friends laugh. Uh, Kafka thought that he was writing comedies. Um, uh, German German Prague uh, culture must you know it's probably a little bit different than uh, you know uh, post World War II American culture where you, you, you don't read Kafka that way. Um, but Chekhov called this a comedy. Chekhov called all of his plays except for the three sisters. Uh, he called them all comedies. Um, so yeah, what did you think about that? <laughs> did you, uh, how'd you, how'd you feel about, yeah, how, is that a surprise or, or did, did you, did you come away? That was mentioned. Atmospheric comedy. That was mentioned in the introduction. So, yeah. did I come away feeling it was a comedy? No. Reading it, no. <laughs> but I, I guess I guess it has to do with the fact, kind of like what you were saying, the way I would put it, which um, I hope it aligns with what you mean, each character kind of has a law of nature unto themselves, and so mm-hmm. it's like what will be will be, but because they're so, um, they're so committed to who they are it's like yeah circumstances the mom is 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 is, yeah an aging actress who's Mm -hmm. very uh yeah very much still attached to her celebrity and Um, they don't mix but you put them together you know right and they kind of bounce off each other and end up where they have to end up and that i guess life is funny kind of that way you know in a way Mm -hmm. the way people are how different everybody is, which is you know rings yeah. true. And there's 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 uh yeah kind of a suffusing irony to the whole endeavor. Um, yeah, yeah, like life's I, a I, joke. I think that when 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 I think of tragedy, I think of yeah, like a like a Hamlet or a Macbeth or a King Lear, where there's you know a tragic hero who has you know. Um, some kind of flaw, and whether or not, like, uh, there are a lot of jokes in this play, which, I mean, there aren't, like, I mean, there are, there are some, like, funny little things, um, but, you know, there's, there's no fool doing, like, slapstick mm-hmm. on the stage. Right. Um, this is definitely not a tragedy in that, in any kind of, like, classic sense, like that, of some, some, I, I also kind of think, of, like, some kind of grandeur that gets, uh, like uh under undercut or or decays or something um yeah again the 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 characters are are just like people they're they're um yeah yeah there's 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 kind of a a a a a comic uh smallness to, to the characters that they're they're big enough for a play but not um yeah, they they they're big enough for the four acts that we give them, but uh, yeah, there's there's not the sense in like uh, Hamlet where it's you know you could follow around Hamlet for a couple of years and that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here Constantine, I don't know if I would follow him around for years. Um, there's a lot to the co- to, to the, the the comedy. Uh, drama slash tragedy distinction. Um, a lot of the tragic stuff happens off stage, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, people like 
uh, either like or dislike of Reasonable. The first time this was staged, you probably read in the introduction, first time this was staged, it was like horrible. Yeah, it was not received well. Uh, the actress, yeah, it was not received well. Um, and then ironically, when Stanislavski produced it as a tragedy, it did very well. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's an irony. Um, so, yeah, here, um, one of the, the, the yeah, it's kind of like an atmospheric comedy of like mm-hmm. before or after or after events have happened. Um, I like you that. Know, before, yeah, I, I, I do too. Um, I, I think that wasn't what people were expecting in 1897. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it's like off stage, I shot myself, and off stage, I challenged this guy to a duel, and he did not up with it. Yeah. It's like the alighting of the events that are so intense is sort of artistic in itself, you know, the way that it's presented off stage. It's interesting because most plays aren't like that really. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you agree with that? Because it's like that's on purpose, obviously. Kind of like we were saying about how low um, yeah. low key it is, but underneath there's a lot of stuff We're going just on. Getting, you know, the eclipse. We're just getting the corona of light around. Uh, yeah, these huge events in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's something to do with like uh, some connection between, like you were saying, like those unwavering um, artistic sensibilities, those unwavering taste, and his sense of comedy, uh, his sense of like. Um, yeah, that this doesn't like he 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 doesn't like melt into um, kind of vague. Like we have this term drama now, which drama is just everything. It's just everything that happens on the stage is drama. But like um, as a category of presentation, we have a genre called drama. Like like he he, he very specifically has this idea of comedy as this kind of like, like we keep saying like. Uh, I bring off each other of, of incompatible people and this smallness and this banality and this kind of uh, parody. Um, there's definitely something very satirical about uh, his presentation of these characters. Um, so yeah, just just to wrap up that point, what I was what, what I think we were building to was uh, this. This is very this is Chekhovian comedy, which is this unwavering like specific idea of what comedy is, not as opposed to like uh you know a, a a drama nowadays that has a happy ending like all our dramas have to have happy endings um it's neither tragedy nor comedy nor really much of anything mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle this muddled thing um that we now call drama i was gonna uh mention something else maybe related maybe not uh, about his style of writing and the intent behind how he wrote it's a play that this is what I like about it. This is a thing I like in a uh, sorry, this is a thing I like. You have to kind of get your your legs at at first, your sea legs to figure out what's going on because you're jumping into the middle of action and mm-hmm. it's not set up spoon-fed to you like a lot of maybe yeah, the things little... you were just referring to. But it's like yeah, they, they, there's very little telling you. It's like that thing it's about It's like that thing about Hamlet which we said, I think, back when we read Hamlet. It's sort of a a, a place that feels strange, but I'll, I'll, at the same time you feel at home in the place that you're reading about. Um, so anyway, there's something that, good about his writing in that way, too, that I noticed. Yeah. Something, so, something familiar, it's strange. It's just so annoying when things are set up like very deliberately very easily to comprehend what's going on specifically immediately because i that to me that's boring and obviously i guess probably a, a property of good playwrights all the time has been that they don't do that i assume um but certainly he doesn't do that you kind of just jump in I don't to, know. to there action are some, there's some like famous playwrights who kind of spoon feed you like like Chekhov has had a thing about ibsen um where like Ibsen? Are you gonna slander Ibsen? 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna slander Ibsen. I have no respect for Ibsen. Oh, okay. I like I like that Doll's House. He wrote a Doll's House, right? I like that. Yeah, play. yeah. But I can uh, see so he why. Specifically, thought Doll's House was this like <laughs> contrivance that Go he ahead. couldn't stand because like the characters are just ideograms and they're like set up and it's like yeah everything they're say like everything they say by the end by everything the guy says in, in uh, by the end is like oh you see it's like he's like like like. <laughs> elbowing you in the ribs you see the irony do you see the dramatic irony that i've set up here um <laughs> yeah Chekhov had no respect for, for ibsen either okay very little respect for ibsen there was no breath of life i think is what he said mm. uh, something like that about ibsen i've also always had a little thing about ibsen because one time we were talking last time about how i can't pronounce things uh, in relation to quiz bowl, I accidentally caught him Isbin once in a quiz bowl game and lost points. Yeah, his name is game. weird I in English. Made, like, stupid mistakes when, I always made stupid mistakes when we were winning by like 100 points. Uh, I've always had a, had a, had a angst for Isbin because of that. <laughs> um, uh, okay, Wait, so you're saying that he's very celebrated but he does spoon feed you yeah i, I, I think <laughs> I, I agree with with Chekhov what i said there, okay that, especially when we're just talking about the doll's house but by the end it's just like groaning it's like i get <laughs> it yeah obvious. yeah okay it's almost like too well written it's like uh it, yeah it's too it's too written it's it's too constructed yeah almost Whereas, yeah, Chekhov's little things, his little... Uh, so, with the plays, he was a little bit more diligent. But supposedly, and I mean, I'm sure some of this is legend, um, he would, for, for like his short stories, especially like his earlier worst short stories, he would just be like hanging out with his friends at a spa and like drop them off on, on, on like a piece, on a piece of paper on the sideboard. Um, I don't know how true that is of the longer stories, because like some of his earlier uh, stuff that he would just send to magazines or, or newspapers was like, you know, 500, 750 words. Whereas, you know, Gusev and Lady with the Dog, those are like uh, 25-ish pages in English reproductions. Mm-hmm. Um, with the dramas, with, 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 the, with, the, with, the, with the, the plays, I think he might have spent more time with them i i i feel like i remember well um and i should have research for the seagull i know he wrote in his little house his little lodge in the middle of his cherry orchard um and i think it took it took at least a couple months i i think i remember reading a letter like i won't be done until the end of november which was written in like august or something um that's also where he calls it a comedy um yeah they're, they're not exactly just you know like like the stereotype of Shakespeare writing, you know, dashing off his plays without having edited them, which we also know is not true. Um, but yeah, there was a, 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 a given that as like the, the 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 not true myth of Chekhov. I do think there's, um, like we were saying before, he, 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 literature was his mistress. Um, I do think there was kind of a, a, a more of a free writing for him mm-hmm. than somebody who was, you know only making their, 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 who's trying to hack at, hack their way towards being a writer. Um, and I think that also translated into, he didn't have to spend years working, contriving these little plays, making uh, perfect little doll's houses. Yeah, I, I, it said that he was increasingly serious uh, as the decades wore on, even though he didn't yeah. write for that many decades, so it's like he did a lot of yeah, work in about 45. 10 years. You're 44 or something. Yeah. But he initially uh, was which selling which short stories. Bummer, 50 years later, uh, yeah, nobody died, of, nobody died of tuberculosis hmm. after World War II. And it was, I don't want to say beautiful or, or touching, but it was. it was like... I don't know. I don't want to be uh, maudlin, as you always say about it, but uh, he basically killed himself making his yeah, plays. Yeah. He didn't have to 
go to Moscow and all that to uh, mm-hmm. work with Stanislavski or whatever his name is um, to perfect yeah. the ending of uh, the last of his plays. So that was kind of an interesting reason yeah. behind his early demise anyway, I think. I don't know if you can prove that, but... Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure that's... He wasn't resting, as the doctors were saying. He kind of no. ignored their no. advice. And as he would know, as another doctor. True, he was a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like learning that writers... I really like learning about anybody's sort of... Any world historical figure's internal life. They, they quoted some of his letters and so forth. But it's... Um, it's interesting how much self-doubt what I read about what he personally wrote to his brother and stuff revealed. And um, and the fact that he was a doctor as well, it's like he wasn't... It's just you think of these people as very, you know, uh, machine-like people that have a direction uh, in life, you know, that know exactly yeah. where they end up. Um, yeah. But it's very few like that. Maybe James Joyce was like that. <laughs> but still, he had a, you know, obviously an up and down zigzag life yeah. as well. But I don't um, think he was uh planning to go from Trieste to to right. to Paris or Paris to Zurich. Yeah. So, it was sort of heartening to to read to read about his um his biography. Yeah, he and uh, Jens Peter Jakobsen, the Danish writer who died writing a novel, or died right after he finished his novel, Of Tuberculosis, I always kind of think of them together because they were definitely two people who uh, died of tuberculosis while doing their great, their best work, but also who, like, um, at least gave some of their life force to writing while they were in the throes of, uh, like, a debilitating sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jan Peter Jakobsen was like awake for four hours a day or something trying to write, <laughs> uh, which like I'm just like warming up. I'm I'm just like uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine that. Um, and yeah, uh, Chekhov was well. I, I, I mean, he knew that he was gonna die soon for a while. That, that, that's also one thing I think about with both of them is. Tuberculosis, you like know you're dying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't die in car crashes or something. Uh, they were both, uh, uh, Jim was a botanist. He, you know, wasn't a, like a medical doctor, but, uh, he knew what was going on. He wasn't in any delusion about the fact that he was dying. Um, and yeah, getting up to write every day, uh, in the midst of that. Um, yeah, like you said, not to be maudlin, but there's something beautiful about that. Yeah, there is. I mean, it just adds it adds a uh, patina or something to the reading, if you know about that. Um, yeah, some kind of autumnal atmosphere to it. Some kind of, especially when we get to the end, especially when we get to... Cause I, I definitely think we're going to read to Cherries or Cherry Orchard. Um it sounds like you like the play. I guess we haven't really talked that much. Did you like the sequel? I did. I didn't know what to expect. I certainly yeah, didn't know what to expect from the title. You know, this, a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, you jump in and it's very, it's very um, immediate sort of engagement that doesn't yeah. tell you exactly where Although you are I, yet. I'll say, for all the naturalness of Chekhov's like technique and for all the like you know naturalness of his dialogue and stuff there are some kind of like that that kind of means that he can like hide the bigger effects i think the kind of more more direct kind of huge effects of the play like that like the you know uh the lake that they're always you know standing you know below mm-hmm. i guess they would probably you know they'd probably be like on the on the a matte painting on the back or something you know what i mean yeah um yeah, the, 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 the physical landscapes of Chekhov's plays are important. There's kind of, uh, <laughs> because that's the word that kind of gets parodied or, uh, gets displayed in the play itself. But, uh, Chekhov himself owes something to the symbolist dramatists of like Metternich, Metter, Metterlich, not Metternich. Um, Metterlich. Um, he also owes something to Metternich. For the uh, the 19th century piece that he grew up into, um, but Maeterlinck, 
was dramatists and uh, so yeah, the, 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 these kinds of like uh, you know quotidian human dramas played out in front of some or or in the the, the atmosphere of some dwarfing landscape. Um, I, I think that that's always like in the back, it, it, like uh, it, your, your 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 brain while you're watching the play is mm-hmm. processing that, but you aren't necessarily. I, th- I think as a reader, you have to kind of construct the stage in your head for this play in, in, in a way that you don't have to do for, um, I don't know, like a like a long day's journey into the end of night or something. Um, so like uh, long day's journey into night, I combine that with Celine. Uh, long day's journey into night. Um, so yeah, it's important to remember that they're kind of in front. And, and, and so, yeah, that's kind of like this big, not necessarily naturalistic, this, 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 this kind of um, well, uh, uh, playwritery, this kind of, you know, uh, writerly thing that, 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 is, that is like smushed in there. I was going to say... Like coloring every moment of the play. If you remember back when we were doing Shakespeare, uh, we talked about how we would stage it. And I would not put right. a, I would not put a lake... On the stage. What about you? Oh, I, yeah. I think you have to do it. You have to. I would. I would. I, would, well, I, I was going like, s- to. I would go the other way. I would make like a big, <laughs> uh, big painting of the lake. Like really, the backdrop would be like to me. Okay. I mean that yeah, makes I want sense. Characters kind of in the context of this country. I would just have it more implied than that. I guess you know, like a maybe a little bit of the lake by some trees where people mm. come out by. But to me, uh, it's implied, and that makes it more of, a, more of a feature than if you were to describe it or, or paint it. I feel like uh, if it's on the stage, it's a feature. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, mean, I may be sounding sort of artsy or something, but that's how I feel. So anyway, I don't mind if you disagree at all. Um, I, I just like how they, they mention it. They don't obsess over mm-hmm. the details of how it looks, I guess is what I'm saying. It's kind of the, this big thing in all their lives that, that defines yeah. the setting. But uh, yeah. I'd be afraid of, of painting it too imperfectly, I guess, for a, mm. for a, for yeah, a prop. Yeah, I guess I don't have to worry about that. I would make you do it. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you about how to refer to the characters because I will say, uh, not a pet peeve, that's not fair. But there are a lot of names. A There's a lot of names. The challenge of any Russian literature. That, uh, <laughs> There's like four names for every character. Yeah. So that's difficult and to follow. Different characters in the play call them different things. No, that's that's, that's always fair. Um, Irina versus Art. I found Art myself Irina. referring to the characters in the play page a lot. Mm, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, um, it's better than like you know a Dostoevsky uh, where. There are three times as many characters, and you know they get through all the names, and it's just like people disappear for you know fifty <laughs> pages at a time or something, and so you forget that it's Boris Alex Alexievich Trigorin, and that he'll be called by any of those any combination of those three uh, at any time. I mean, do you think that was just easier? Well, I mean, certainly in your native language, it would be easier to keep track of. But yeah, like, well, I I don't know. It just it was kind of odd the way they would say the middle name and the and the first name sometimes without just saying the first name. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I can't necessarily trace all of the cultural implications. Right? Of yeah, that. there must like, be a what reason. Means for you know Irina to call him Boris Alexiev, which which I think might be more like. Informal, more like intimate. Mm-hmm. I don't know I would every implication of like age going into that. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes yeah. they'll say the first name only or the last name. Yeah, yeah. Like Nina, they that say Nina. Direct me girl, or they'll say that direct direct me girl. I think in the first phase. Oh, another another um, question, maybe a cultural question, is what is a bailiff? I got the impression that a bailiff in this context is the manager of a farm. Oh, who's the bailiff? Who's called the bailiff for you? Is that? Oh, okay. Uh, so the bailiff for me. Shemreyev. Shemreyev. Yeah, Shemreyev, a retired lieutenant of the okay. army, Soren's bailiff, which was okay. also 
I know, because from reading the introduction, the title of Chekhov's grandfather, who was a peasant that ah. bought his way into being a bailiff. Well, yeah, I knew that he was, I knew that Chekhov was a couple of generations from peasantry. Um, so on my character page, it says a retired army lieutenant who manages Soren's farm. Excellent. Okay, well, that's what I thought it was, for sure. I, I didn't know if there were other more, because um, I think of a bailiff as a sheriff, kind of. Or like a, yeah. a deputy or something, but um, okay. Maybe he works in a jail. That's what I f- no. I think I think it's just he manages the farm. He just he was very uh, in very stern. So I was like, I wonder if he has another. Like he was able to dictate the terms of the horses and stuff. So I wondered if it was uh, right. so more he's deep. A retired army guy. Well, um, yeah, he, yeah, it's true. Retired lieutenant. Okay. I feel like that's kind of a type. Um, so another thing that the another writer instance of a writerliness for 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 Chekhov is sometimes he'll have like these very like small flat characters against his you know that like his you know more rounded characters play against. Um, and so yeah, I definitely think that Shimbrayev is uh, kind of a, a, a type mm-hmm. that um, yeah the other characters who are more like Trigorin is uh, I think a more not like an infinitely. Um, yeah, infinitely dazzling interior, like, like like a character of infinite interiority or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's more rounded, and he appears more rounded in front of, yeah, like a type like that. Whereas uh, I think a less confident writer would want to make all of the characters interesting, and all of them have little arcs, and um, all of them change and grow during the play. No, this guy's just, like, uh, overbearing. <laughs> he's just always overbearing. <laughs> All right, I have a little bit of a tyrant. Since you uh, mentioned country tyrant, since you mentioned Trigorin, um, yeah, and we also have Treplyov. I want to mention a criticism, uh, which I should say is not a criticism. It's something I want to bring up and see what you say too, because it's it's always crossing my mind. Because we're both people who write stories, um, and you have published them, and I've read some of your stories, and I, I I have a thing in my head that's kind of a bias against. Writers that write about writers, which annoys me, or playwrights that write about playwrights. Mm. It's like, why can't you sublimate that into something else? To me, that would be a stronger thing most of the time. And I, I don't, I don't even, I shouldn't even say most of the time. But in my head, I'm like, why wouldn't you make that something else? You know, and just use your experience and the emotions from your uh, profession and your uh, struggle as an artist, as a writer. And then, kind of like, wouldn't it be more interesting to put that into something else in the play? But what do you what do you say to that, or do you say anything? I don't think that's necessarily more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there's a little bit of a write what you know kind of bias. Yeah, you said that before um, when I brought this up, yeah. and I don't disagree. I'm not obviously that's a fair thing to write about, but uh, it seems obvious, I guess, in my head. Not and, and again, um, it's not a criticism. Like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that that crosses my mind when I notice that one of the main characters is a novelist and one of the main characters is a playwright. It's like okay, I wonder. And then one an actress, you know, and he was married to yeah, a famous all actress. Have the actresses. Yeah, there's the um, there's a character Masha who doesn't have any pretensions. I guess her her husband also doesn't have any other pretensions. Um, this is made Med Jenkinov. Anyway, I can see it as like a smallness of uh, scope if a writer only writes about that. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I think it would. I think it would be. It's not a flaw in any of the like specific works. Like, like it's not a flaw in any of uh, Joyce's specific books that they're about. Stephen Dalis, who's a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that is a smallness of Joyce. And I mean, Joyce could <laughs> Joyce wrote about like three people in his whole life or something. Yeah. Um, it's kind of generous to say that he wrote about three people. He wrote two characters in his entire career and half of another character. A dream, a, you know, interior monologue of another character. Mm-hmm. Molly Bloom. Um, I mean, it's 25,000 words, so it's pretty significant, but it's still, uh, yeah, three characters at most. Um, 
but yeah, I, mean, I, 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 in any individual work, I, 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 yeah, I don't really think about it. Gotcha. If I was like looking back at, at again, like you're looking, we're looking back at George, and it's like, maybe you know, maybe there's a, there's a, a distinction between him and like Proust, who is his his books are character, you know, people by by even though I mean the main character in Proust is Proust. Uh, or the, the the protagonist in Proust is a writer named Proust, or men named Marcel or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I I guess I guess that could be like a difference. So like Joyce only writes about Stephen Stephen Daedalus and, and Leopold Bloom, um, the one character who who isn't a writer. Whereas Proust, who's you know uh, the 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 I uh, the, 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 that's receiving all of, all of, um, all the research Duchamp's produced. Um, is a writer, but he's surrounded by, you know, a doctor and uh, his, like, adventurer friend and Albertine and, um, yeah, Charles Swan and, uh, yeah, the, the, um, Carl's, uh, the, 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 the aristocratic homosexual. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, it, 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 a character here or there being a writer doesn't really faze me, um, but it is, it is it, it can be like a limitation of scope if you're not writing about people, anyone who isn't a writer. Mm-hmm. But it is it can also be limit like liberating to have a character who's a writer and then everyone else is having their own stuff. I guess in first, uh, he's kind of examining changes over time from you know. Uh, perspective of a frustrated novelist mm-hmm. not writing as much as he wants to be writing in the middle of a million word novel <laughs> yeah i have um, i have yeah, that is not i i do not think that is a uh thing you have to worry about i don't want to like I, I don't think i'm spoiling anything that's not something you have to worry about with Chekhov. it's not you know He's not like a Philip Roth would be another name that comes to mind when I think of somebody who wrote about writers and like couldn't really or didn't often write that far outside of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Roth is a writer I have read a lot of, but yeah, uh, there's some extended outside of himself, but not that far. Um, right, so that's far, what I mean. It's like you're trying. It feel like it. It can feel. It can feel like. Okay, like the play in this play, which I get, is ironic. But, the the struggle. Twenty five year old. The struggle of Treplyov, Constantine, or Kostya. You can just as I, I don't know. I'm not saying this is my fault. I guess, but if you're reading the play without knowing much about Chekhov. And this is the first play you've read, which is, 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 is my case. It's easy to be like, well, okay, so Chekhov is trying to say something about plays <laughs> and playwrights and people at this time and, and like the, 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 uh, the way the theater is, is uh, boring and like conventional. Um, and it just feels like an easy thing to point out. Like that, that's. I feel like here it's more, it's more, uh, I, I I I don't feel like any of these characters are really mouthpieces mm-hmm. of Chekhov, mm-hmm. um, so much as it is like what they say about the the theater. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying when you read when you read a writer writing like about a writer, it's hard not to think that way. Does that make sense? Whereas if Costia was a mechanic, or, you know, talking about the way mechanics were, I wouldn't. I wouldn't in my mind. I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, I wonder if Chekhov thought that. You know, I don't know. Anyway, it's not a big deal at all. I just thought I would bring that up since it crossed my mind um, uh, when I read it. So, okay. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Don't worry about that if you're listening. All right. So, you want to get into any of the meat of the play? Uh, I, I don't like. Know what you want to talk about? I, I I feel like we, we we've kind of. Uh, how long have we been talking? Forty-four minutes and thirty-three seconds. Okay. <laughs> I um, I like to Dorn a lot, the doctor. 
which Chekhov was a doctor, so it kind of brings back the thing thing that we were just talking about, but let's ignore that. Um, I liked him a lot. Uh, He was, talk about well-rounded to me, like he was very um, well-written, I thought. What did you think? Did you like Dorn, or was he a thorn in your side? (laughs) No, um, I... I can't think of a character who I think was not like uh, yeah, like well done at least. Like yeah, Masha, even the minor. I mean, it, saving Shem Shemrayev, who was like you said more a, a stand-in for someone to be annoying to the other people. Uh, yeah, even the minor characters like Masha. I it was like yeah, great to see her progression from Act One to Four, which we should mention maybe that there's a time Good lapse. Burger. And like we said previously, the events of those two years are basically summarized or implied um, right. and not shown. And the development is pretty astonishing in uh, in people like Masha and, mm-hmm. of course, Nina. And um, that, that was really fun about the play, I thought. Because it's like the first three acts were kind of the same setting, the same time and everything. And then Act 4 yeah. was like, ah, this is sort of unique, that it's not that much far ahead. You know, you can imagine right. yourself two years ahead, um, but you never know what, what it's going to be like. That is such a such a strong decision, I think, two years ahead, yeah, for the last act, too, where, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, three-fourths of the way through the play. It's not even like... You know, first half is one year, the second half is, you know, time jump, but we're going to, you know, spend the second half on this other time. Um, right. Yeah, that's such a, there's uh, something deliberately unsymmetrical about that. It is, uh, yeah, really effective. Um, cool. Well, now, Going back to the biography, this was, I understood it to be a very early play. Like, he wasn't an established playwright or anything. And this was the he first... He had written other... So he had written, importantly, written other, like, more traditional plays. Ivanov, Platinov, um, a lot of things that I skipped over because they aren't... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, okay. I think I've, I've tried to read Ivanov, but I just didn't, wasn't, like, super interested. I didn't, like, have to read it. Um, so, yeah, there, there were other, other more conventional plays before this. Um, but yeah, this is like, I would say the, as far as I know, my experience of trying to read the other plays. Uh, well, basically it was, uh, 1889, I think. So he died in 1904, right? They finished writing it in 85, I think in November of 1895. This... It was originally put on in seven, and then the Stanislavski. Oh, the Siegel. Okay. Was eight was ninety eight. Okay, I guess I was getting my. De- I don't know if I was getting my decades mixed up. Okay, so that is extremely late in his life. I mean, that's what's so weird about it to me. Because he yeah, had all, all these. He had the sisters. All his, like. And then the 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 cherry orchard, which we're going to read those two after this, right? Yeah. Right. Which are so all strong of, plays. All of these plays and. All of his short stories that uh, I would recommend reading, approximately starting at Gusev and uh, skipping some until the end of his life, were, were I think maybe Gusev was like ninety three or something. So he's um, he's lucky in a sense because we discussed about the not not lightning in a bottle, but uh, we even talked about last time about Faulkner how you kind of yeah. sometimes lose your powers and he he, he kind of. Yeah, but he grew into his decade. He didn't, you know, have a flash yeah. in the pan in the twenties like Fitzgerald or something, and be dissipated. So that's nice in a way. I mean, I did, wish he wouldn't have died, but although I think I think Fitzgerald had a flash in the pan commercially. Right. Well, you mentioned that last week too. Stronger as a writer, oddly enough. Yeah, you said you did. <laughs> Speaking of a, of a decade, it took a decade for that whole that one book. Um, Oof. fair enough, but writing experience. But he owed his writing career to, you know, and Chekhov didn't have, he didn't, I guess Chekhov wasn't a flash in the pan and commercially either, right? He kind of grew into it, which I think is a nice, 
and then he died. Yeah, I think that's true. (laughs) Not that he was unsuccessful, but... Very quickly, he... There was a portrait painted of him uh, put up in the, like, National Theater, the State Theater in Moscow. Um, So, like, even during his life... So, yeah, there's this portrait of him that he hated because it was, like, ugly. (laughs) Um, During his life. So he went from 1897... The first production of the sequel gets like uh, the actress can't even finish the play because the hostility of the crowd um, to within seven years of his, you know, within the next seven years, he's a national figure. Mm -hmm. They're already in the middle of his life, retiring his jersey and putting in the, you know, about, you know, that reference. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) I saw that at Chapel Hill. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. That would be like like a junior or sophomore in college. If they did that to like Jordan after he won the championship as a freshman or something. Well, and and he he comes off at least what I read about him, which is very little, um, as very likable in the sense that he, I don't think, took himself seriously as a writer in the sense of, of thinking he was better than he was or anything. He wasn't um, an egomaniac or anything approaching yeah, that. Yeah, so, so when Trigorin is talking about, like, Trigorin versus Tolstoy versus Turgenev, um, you def- I, I definitely don't get a sense of that. I, 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 yeah, Chekhov, I don't think, had that same kind of anxiety. Oh, I see what you mean. I know. Um, but yeah, because it's maybe him making fun of other writers. Um, I don't even know if he said, yeah, I don't... I, 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 that was not uh, making fun of himself. Right. No, and I wasn't saying it was. I'm just saying that crossed my mind because how can it not? I don't know. But maybe that's just being superficial. Um, I mean, it, 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 like you said, the context of the actual play and reading it, that that is what matters. What, what do you actually think of the whole thing? Not not the consideration about whether it was about a writer. I, I mean, I agree with that totally. But Yeah, so... If you if you're like flinching at writing about writers, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Obviously, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. But yeah, from from uh, history. Um. Okay. Well. So next week, are we doing the sisters, the three sisters? Yeah, the three sisters, and yeah, just a play a week. And you've already told me gonna... this is not supposed to be. Not even, yeah, not even he thought it was a comedy. Yeah, not supposed to be a comedy. You always know what I'm going to say. All right. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Cool. Is next week a holiday or anything? I don't think so. So we yeah, should be good, right? Okay. December. Okay, cool. Unless you celebrate Pearl Harbor Day or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoot, uh, that's Monday. Okay. Monday, yeah. Okay, all right. Talk to you later. Mm. Okay. Bye. Bye.